there will break apart and unfold like a thousand generations to you. Okay. Am I going to be destroyed by it? I was destroyed by it. Okay. I also watched it on a plane. I'm kind of ready to be destroyed. I watched by it on a plane. You're more emotional. So what have you gotten to yet with Mark Hamill? Uh, I I am at the first Claire Danes therapy session, yeah. and I had to pause it there because Claire Danes just like made me too excited. This movie is it really rules. Kyle Mooney, it's his like yeah. debut vehicle. Yeah. It made me happy he was leaving SNL because I just remember how fucking weird he was. Before he got there. I love him getting the shine. Like when I see a Kyle Mooney or a Sarah Sherman on there, I'm like, get that shine. Get the like payday for the rest of your life has appeared on SNL. But then get the funding for your super weirdo shit that you're going to be so strange with that I hope catches fire. I'm glad that Lonely Island is being more of, you know, the like we came before. Right. We're going to help other people out. I think well, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean Andy Samberg in uh what's the what's the stunt movie? It's the greatest movie. Hot Rod? Hot Rod, dude. Greatest movie of all time. Great film. But I'm excited about the new guys too. They're very weird. I I can't remember their names off the top of my head. The new digital short guys, the three of them. I'm, There's some real absurdism shit going on okay. with those three. You might that, need to hit me to some of that cuz yeah. I have not kept, I just Okay, it's, we're going to hit some shorts. SNL is like it's like trying to keep up with new star trek episodes i know but it's one of the it's like am i gonna watch picard? we watch together at home am i really gonna watch on? the picard show yeah you're definitely watching the picard i show. want to but i'm not going to look at him it's fucking magnet it's I professor know. x i'm about to call it magneto they're gonna rip me apart uh i do have to say this before we start the episode this is a a, a deep episode this is the only interview i'm giving about wrestlemania you motherfuckers is to my good friend peter so if you have questions, Peter, you're the only one asking them. I'm not talking to anybody else about this shit. You know what the interview I'm doing today is about? Wrestler healthcare. And I'm going to be as honest and upfront as I can because what a fucking nightmare to seek healthcare in a system that still makes me lie about what my position is or would, in fact, charge me so much exorbitantly that it would be uh, very sad. Uh, on HBO Max right now, Peter, and I'm assuming we're recording. Cause, oh, we, yeah, we have. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, entertainment. Entertainment. Uh, have you, do you remember this film? No. Not just entertainment in general, but the film Entertainment with uh, On Cinema at the Cinema's Craig Turkington in his role as Neil Hamburger. I don't know if you're supposed to conflate the two, but. Is he Neil Hamburger? He's Neil Hamburger. Okay, I'd never Why? knew that. Why did I not know? I don't. So this film basically is I mean, it's a metaphor. He plays the entertainer, and there's the clown, and there's the celebrity. And Tim Heidecker as the celebrity is one of the sleaziest, shittiest. I love him. Just what a piece of shit. Uh, I suggest watching it. If you're a performer or if you're not a performer or if you like performance. and just uh, The Entertainer? The inter- No, it's called Entertainment. 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 What an overarching. And it's it's not an easy watch, and I don't think it should be. But um, Ty Sheridan also is the clown. My fucking favorite. That Greg Turkington has to go on after a literal clown every night to do his anti-meta comedy. It's fucking crazy. All right. I'm I don't know where to start or end on this. So we're just gonna go through my week because Bussy Mania was, as they say, running wild in Los Angeles Californians. What do you know about Los Angeles Californians? Um, it's a silly place. It's a very silly place, man. It's the silliest place. And it is uh it's a place that will try to poke you in the side, much like Jesus was poked in the side to see if there was blood or water. And you kind of act like you're not getting poked. Like you got to like put your shades on and be like, who's poking me? This is beautiful. Look at the sunset and just pretend that there's not a poke in your side. But there was joy and there was work. Uh, I was 
in deep work mode. And that's because I looked at my bussy sister when she landed and I said, bussy sister, Ellie catch. This is the team. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Is there six matches? Did I do six? <coughs> yeah. Six matches. I did all with Ali catch. Dude, As Bussy. You coughed right at 420. Did I? Yeah. I mean, this California flower is... This is one of the BOGO cartridges. I bought two cartridges, and they said, this is the free one. I said, what? They said, you get a free cartridge. This is a free Graham cartridge that came with my purchase legally um, in California. You can use my discount at the store now. Really? Yeah. I've been given celebrity grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I got, we have to pin this for later. Pinned. But we should talk about. Um, I, so I have paid time off, and we need to figure out how to potentially use that for something. Yeah, yeah, we definitely should, and we should turn it into. I got an idea. I've got an idea. Okay, but we'll see how it floats. Okay, um, I have five days. Five days paid vacation. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. incredible. They're basically should... trying to bribe me because they've not been. You're the nice only to one that lately. survives, Peter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're the only one that survives. Everyone else. Cut it from the team. You know what? And that way, you know, we are both survivors. I've honestly, before I get into this, I think a lot about how long I've survived in indie wrestling and how most of the time the churn is much quicker. And that churn occurs either because people burn out, people don't see, you know, the value of it anymore as a staple of their life. Uh, People get signed up and make more money. Uh, In all of those things, I have survived in the middle of a business that requires you every week to prove yourself. I feel like I've been on an eight year episode of RuPaul's drag race and there's just challenges every week. And sometimes I got a lip sync, but sometimes I kill the challenges and it's every week I've chosen my career to be, could you give me some uh, tasks to complete that are various and I'm sure I'll have the skill to do them. I love that your task this weekend was form a human centipede. (laughs) Okay. I do want to say this. I came into this week a little bit frustrated with all the little idiots on Twitter talking about the indies are all the same. The indies are boring. The indies are down. I just want to be clear with everyone. Effie's indies, Allie's indies are not down. We work sold out shows. We work the silliest matches. And if you pay attention to Saturday morning, as I'm sure all the listeners did, Uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch was literally the most diverse card of the entire weekend with new, with old, with legends, with shining stars, all showing to the best of their ability what they can do. But we'll get into that. I have a long version to get into the brunch. I will say this and like, I mean, I'm saying this with all kindness in the world. I don't really give a fuck about wrestling. I love you, Peter. That's why we can connect on this so much, because I'm coming to you, and you're going to see through the wrestling portion of this to the human portion, and that's why I need you next to me. That being said, yes, I did watch Big Gay Brunch 6, Holy shit. and it made me want to watch more wrestling. Whoa! You hear this? Turns out, just because there are certain people who think the indies are down, turns out they might be seeking things that are not in our interest or relevant to what we're looking for. So I want to say this. Effie's Indies, Allie's Indies, Dark Sheik's Indies, the queer Indies, uh, booming. I only work sold-out shows, Peter. That's what I do. You sell out a show, I'll be there. If there's tickets at the door, I'll stand at the front until there's not. Okay? That's what we want to do. There's nothing more satisfying than having someone walk up to the door, and not for them, mind you, 
and say, one ticket, please. And they go, these have been sold out for weeks. And it's the confusion and surprise. And these are not small venues. I'm not working the uh, WrestleMania venue where we lie about the amount of people that are in there. You can look at the official capacity of the SoFi Arena. There were not 81,000 people in that arena. I just want to, I mean, it's a lot of people. But, you know, if it's if it's that big, if it's 13 inches and you need to tell people it's 13 and a half, that's that's something going on in your brain because that's enough. Yeah, you could just say how many are there. Not everything is a Guinness World Records contest, which you can bribe them anyway. So just bribe away, do whatever you want. Maybe they're doing the right thing. I do vaguely remember some other person in recent history bragging about amount of people that weren't actually physically in that space. You know, we've got a lot of people here. A hundred million people here on the lawn of the White House. There were a lot of people there to see him get arrested. Uh, uh, did you see that the MAGA, the like MAGA shaman number two on the tall bicycle falling over? Oh yeah, I love it. They Incredible. threw the skateboard right yeah, under yeah, him, yeah, yeah. and they were like, "Well, it was a it was a joke that this YouTuber was doing." And I go, "Well, don't dress up like that because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw skateboards at you." Let's just be clear: the real civil war is me pranking your ass. All right, it's the real civil war will take place over TikTok, and it will be pranks, and no one will die from it, but everyone will look like a fool. And that's the end. The end game is to kill the notion of all shame and put people back to uh, getting to work instead of playing around on YouTube. That's what they want. We're going to keep playing around on YouTube. I want to start where we started because uh, we set this up properly, myself and Allie Catch. We set it up to work, work, and then, bum bum bum. After work, work, we played in between. Now the play. Sorry to say for Alley Catch because I drug her around Disneyland. The play was, pro- play was probably more intense than she wanted. Uh, but we started this day. I landed, and I thought I landed at noon, Peter. I did not. I landed at 8.30 a.m. Goddamn. And Allie didn't even land until like 10.30. So I went and got the rental car, picked that up, grabbed her. Now, I got to tell you, I told myself before I went out there, and I've told myself every time I go to L.A., don't let L.A. bother you. Girl, that LAX traffic was fucked it was fucked and i was already mad and i pick her up and i say oh my god let's go because we were off to the legendary don quixote okay this is a venue that jcw has run before and now is going to be run by uh dark arts entertainment uh pandemonium pro and relentless out of spokane washington but they were coming down to wrestlemania to put on a show and that's one of the exciting things about WrestleMania week is everybody who wants to come out and play, you can come out and play. Because both these shows were full of people. I did not work the first show, but we worked the second and third. Now another LA trick. We show up. Parking's awful. i got to drive around this building six or seven times before I actually find a parking space. And so I just dropped off all the stuff at the venue. Like right at the front, I just hunk all those suitcases out and leave Allie and then go find parking. She's like, what do I do with this? I was like, act helpless and make a boy carry it, which was our trick the whole weekend. Just if you saw Bussy acting a little bit like we can't do anything. It was so you carry our fucking shit. Get used to it. And you know what? In this industry, you want to talk about paying dues? Carry Bussy shit. There's nobody else selling out every goddamn show right now except for Kota Ibushi. And let me tell you, Bussy, friendlier on the wallet and maybe not as crazy to deal with in the locker room, but I can't say any more than that. Um, I, I'm sure you put this together, but that is the name of the superstore in Japan, yes, correct? Yes, it is. But it's also the name of this weird event space where they clearly do like weddings and concerts. Uh-huh. But right now, it's wrestling. Now, I've got to say this, and I'm trying to say it politely. The first booking we had was in a... Royal Rumble type match where we were entering as Bussy. So 
in our heads, number one, we did not ask what we were winning. Number two, if one of us is eliminated, both of us are eliminated. Number three, here's the thing about a Royal Rumble style match. Everyone's going to want to call all these things in these spots. I've never been in a Royal Rumble match where this goes according to plan. There's like 30 of us in the fucking ring. I can't keep moving out of the way for your combos. And eventually I'm just going to start hitting people. Uh, I will say this in the highlights. We did get to run a little bussy on PJ Black, who some may remember uh, from WWE as Justin Gabriel. He also is a an amateur skydiver and thrill seeker. It was cool to work with him. He's a very cool guy. But I will say this. At the end of the Rumble, before we were eliminated, with no brain discussion between us, we were at opposite ends of the ring tickling somebody. We were both tickling people at the same time, and then we got eliminated at the same time. I can't plan this. I, you could say, oh, he's working us here. I'm not. They said, did you guys know you were both tickling people? And I'm thinking, yeah, because that works in a Royal Rumble. They're expecting us to hit them, tickle you, distract you, throw you out of the ring. Come on. How distracted are you when you're being tickled? Extremely, extremely distracted. Uh, we did not win. And we had a great time. Did you watch the Tickle documentary? I did. I'm quite a fan of the Tickle documentary. The guy did another documentary, too. He did that, um, the, like, Dark Tourist show on Netflix. Okay. I just want to say this, because my new role as a benevolent carny means that I can do whatever it takes to fund myself. And I am doing shitty, tro- sh- uh, shitty stock trades against the WWE and their pricing, and I'm about to make a bunch of money and scheme off them, and then I'm going to use it to fund LGBTQ wrestling because I want to be the Robin Hood of faggotry. You may have to, you may have to beef that. I don't know. Honestly, I can say it. I've sucked a little dick, and after this weekend, you know, king queer. I'm over here. Look at me. The queen has arrived. I'm going to say what I want to fucking say. I'm going to describe myself as I want to describe myself, and that was what I chose there, and that was from my heart. Um, <laughs> I love it. Leave that shit. Leave that shit. Bussy will tell you what's allowed. Uh, but yeah, it's going to work. So we finished this Royal Rumble Battle Royal uh, in the ring. And we have a little time before we're in our next match. And our next match is... And I want to say this positively because I'm going to say this about almost all of our matches. <laughs> so fucking stupid. And I hope you find the trend here of... Bussy is a team that no matter what we need to be doing, whether it's being soaked in blood, violent, going through ladders, hitting chairs, big hardcore moves, or the silliest shit you've ever seen, we kept up with it. Uh, And you'll notice this with all our matches this weekend. Um, It was a six-person match. So it was Thrussy, which is the team of Dark Sheik, Ali Catch, and Effie officially, versus the team of Chase James from Relentless Wrestling, Warhorse, Ready for it? And the Devil Drexel, who I will be facing in a death match in Portland, Oregon at the Roseland Ballroom for Prestige here at the end of the month. I'm very excited for that. I will bleed as much as I've bled. Let me tell you about the summer of Effie this summer. I'm bleeding everywhere. I don't give a shit. This is my blood and I will spill it for what I want. Okay? Three on three. What could happen? Now, it seems like a pretty normal match. Pussy dominating. And then all of a sudden, Lucy knows what's coming next. The Slim Jim Man come into the building attacking us with Slim Jims. Okay, this man is seven feet tall, dressed as a Slim Jim in a Slim Jim costume with a Slim Jim head to make him look like a Slim Jim. And I want to say this, for the amount of people that were there, they did not react to the Slim Jim man the way I did because I was screaming in terror, oh my God, is that the Slim Jim man? And I want people in like two years to accidentally stumble on this footage, Peter, and they'll be like, this happened? And I'll be like, yeah. They'll be like, you 
you responded perfectly to the Slim Jim Man. I was literally climbing up top and screaming when the Slim Jim Man was coming in. He attacks all of us, and then thank God my sisters, Sheik, Catch, they kick out the Slim Jim Man's Slim Jim legs, and then we stuff meat in that Slim Jim Man's mouth. And what happened after that? Bussy took home the victory. We conquered the Slim Jim Man, Thrussy on top, we win our match, it's all over from here. Me and Allie go to bed. All right. We're at the beautiful Airbnb. We're sharing this with a lot of fun people from GCW. We fill them in on our night. They say this sounds extraordinary. 7.30 in the morning. Brett's on the door. Let's go. Please drop me off at the UCC. And we needed to be up early anyway. So this was like a little bit earlier than we wanted, but we were ready for it. We drop off Brett. First shows are kicking off at the collective. We're not even there the first day. I'm in love with it. There's other shows going on. We're not even there the first day. We go to Disneyland instead. Now, I have to shout out you, Rebel, multiple, multiple, multiple times. You, Rebel, helped me out with merch all weekend. was incredible. And also hooked up Bussy with Disneyland tickets, Park Hopper tickets. I, Peter, have never been to Disneyland. And if you're hearing a change in my heart and my voice, there's nothing that gets me more excited than amusement parks. To me, amusement parks are uh, to visitation places as wrestling is to entertainment it is everything all at once everything everywhere all at once in the amusement park and let me say this i wouldn't normally brag about this but there's no way our day would have been possible without getting the genie plus pass okay what is this it's basically you're just paying your way up okay i didn't have to pay for the tickets i said we'll pay 25 dollars for the genie pass i can handle this we went into california adventure first and i just want to show off that you can you put a ride in that it gives you an hour window you can go into the secret fast line so you just knock it out and then you go wait in another ride while you're waiting for that one to pop up so we're continually hitting rides and we're only having to wait in the lines of the stuff that's not as big of a deal so it's like okay well we want to ride the jack jack and credit coaster which is the only disney ride that inverts you i've been waiting to ride this coaster it's beautiful it's a mainstay piece of uh the california adventure experience out on the pier while we're doing that what do we do well we wait and we ride toy story toy mania and i'm not i really shouldn't say anything here but since it is amongst a hall of true veterans in our industry and i'm not going to say who any of the people are Allie in line tells me no one has ever beaten her on any kind of amusement park ride where they keep score, where you have to shoot guns, where you have to shoot lasers, be it Toy Story or something else. And I said, Allie, I'm about to show you something, which is that these men uh, have your feelings in mind and they want you to win so that you feel like you've won something. And she goes, no, that's not true. And I go, okay. And I told her how to do this one. I've done this one in Orlando before. The score, and you'll see it on the video because I'm about to put the whole Disneyland WrestleMania video up. It's taking a minute to edit, even though I don't edit and I just chalk clips together. That are, yeah. I'm editing while I'm living. I'm only shooting stuff that I want to be in the thing. This is, I use 100% of the footage. That's magic. Okay. I whooped her fucking ass. She goes, no, I won. And I go, you're reading the numbers wrong because you got like 50,000 and I got 130,000 and I ate you up and I needed you to see that these men were letting you win, that they were giving you confidence in your skill, that they were letting you have this. And she goes, no, it's not true. We're going to do another one later. Well, I just want to clear the air. I want that one too. Okay. <laughs> and it was the Buzz Lightyear one where the lasers are a little more particular. Yeah. I ate girl. I ate on that ride too. We wrote everything. Now, 
Allie's never seen Guardians of the Galaxy, which is bizarre to me. Uh, but I kept telling her it was the Chris Pratt experience was actually the name of the ride. I was like, you get to live all of the moments of being Chris Pratt. She's like, that is not the ride. And I was going, that's what it, you get to live in all the moments of Chris Pratt. Now this ride was the Tower of Terror re yeah. revamp. Yeah. And they really revamped it. I do want to say too, Lucy's over She's here really excited. over there. I don't know if I've ever brought this up on the podcast, but one of the most fascinating rooms in all of America is the Tower of Terror waiting room where they show the video. And they still have Hell that room. yes. Now, I need people to understand when I think about this room that I'm thinking in a very large scape where every NBA player, every baseball player, every president, every candidate, every celebrity, every person has stood in these rooms. When you're standing in these rooms, if you were to have a time machine, this is one of the spaces I would pick. Because at any moment, you can go back and pick a place in time where you would be able to talk to anyone. Any person that has ever been to Disneyland or Disney World, if you go to one of these two places, and the Orlando one may have more, but the Disneyland one is older, I think you could find them in this room. If you were going to have a time machine, that's how you find anyone you need to talk to. You know? I'm sure I'm sure Richard Nixon's been in that room. I'm sure Lady Gaga's been in that room. I'm sure Oprah's been in that room. If you've been in that room, I'm going to find you through the depths of time when we finish our time machine. Oh, have I given away too much that we've already figured this out? Either way, that ride scared the shit out of me. It did not feel like Tower of Terror. It was crazy. The up and the down was utilized. It was insane. I had so much fun. We went through the rest of the park. We rode some like little kitty rides. We explored the castle. We rode Winnie the Pooh, all that kind of stuff. We did not want to ride the water rides, but two mainstays of Disneyland that we had to be sure we were on were the Haunted Mansion and the Pirates of the Caribbean. This is the original. This is the OG. This Ooh. one's bigger, longer, crazier, and so fucking dark. It was incredibly dark in Pirates of the Caribbean to the point where we cannot see each other or the walls. This is the premium in entertainment. Like It blew my mind how good this ride was. I've ridden the one in Orlando a bunch of times. This was, I just imagine it's like 1958 or whatever, and you're riding this. My mind would be like, I don't know what's real anymore. Yeah. Like This would be that, that uh, what do they call it? The valley? The, the uncanny, uncanny valley? Uncanny valley. Yeah. This is, if it was 1958, I'd be like, my stars, they've destroyed humanity. They're forcing pirates to live in the caves. Like that, I would believe that yeah. in my heart. I mean, when everyone saw that movie with the train coming right at the audience, oh. they all thought Whoa! they were about to get hit by a train. Yeah, we're just saying that if you're from that time, you're kind of a dipshit. I'm, I, that's what I'm kind of yeah. saying. And you should let go of your power. It was very cool, but I was worried because... I was double booked that night. We had to leave at a particular time. I had to be on Matt Cardona and uh, Brian Myers' Major Figures podcast going live at 8 p.m. And I also had to be uh, at Early Morning Guy Steel's show at midnight to be in a cuck match, which is, we'll get to it. I really needed to go to Star Wars land, okay? I needed it. I love Star Wars. Now, only negative I saw of all of Star Wars Land was no Jar Jar Binks. I didn't oh. see him anywhere. And I'm a big I'm a Jar Jar head. Yeah. Okay. I think baby Jar Jar can make just as much money as Grogu. I want to say this, though. Whoever's working. Grogu? Who's Grogu? Baby Yoda. Oh. He's a grown man. He's 50 years old. He can make decisions on his own. He'd like to be called Grogu. We're going to talk about Grogu because we walk into the park and I am high as a kite on amusement like this. At this point, there's such good theming and branding. I felt like I was in 
the world of Star Wars. And we immediately go to the market to try to figure out what we're going to do. And we figured it out to write everything that we wanted. But who do we spy but the Mandalorian himself? And who's riding his hip? That's right. It's Baby Yoda. It's Grogu. Okay? Now, I'm in the crowd, and I want to say to whoever's working at these amusement parks, you like Bussy, you either know who Bussy is or you just thought we were hot and wanted to fuck with us because everybody fucked with us at the park. I walk up and I'm just trying to like get a picture. This man comes and gets in my face. He's talking to me. He's letting me take pictures. We run into him again when we're leaving the park and he came right up to me again and was talking to me. And I was like, do I have a thing going with the Mandalorian? Is this like a nice gay theater student under this uh, armor costume with this baby Yoda on his hip? I would like to know more, but he left the area. The other person we ran into was the Stormtroopers, and they were with Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Adam Driver. They were fucking with us. I did tweet this one, but they were coming up and messing with us hard. They got out of there eventually. All we're saying is, if you want Bussy's numbers, The Mandalorian and Kylo Ren, we'll have to date at separate times because y'all are like different teams or whatever. I don't know how y'all last in here. We're up for it. We think armor is sexy. We're possibly Sith. I don't know. Maybe we're Mandalorians, but I'm not covering up my face. Maybe I have to cover my face after all the blood, but we'll see. Either way, we were into it. We rode the Star Wars ride of the Resistance ride. Now, Allie had no idea what this ride was, too. You know, me, I'm a... I'm an amusement park guy where I want to like research what's going to be happening on these rides. What's the new technology? What are they blending? This thing is like three rides in one. And I did not tell her even anything about it. We're in the ride. She's like, what is this going to be like? I was like, it'll be fun. You end up riding like three different things to get to the main ride. It's all super themed. It's the coolest amusement park ride I've ever ridden. Even if I wasn't a Star Wars fan, I'd be like, all right, I'm into it for a second. And at this point in the day, it was raining. So as we're getting on the ships... As we're being captured, the rains are coming down over the caves. It's incredible. We ride this ride. She's like, girl, you did not fill me. And I was like, I, I had to let you know you were going to be in for it. She enjoyed herself. But after that, we said, let's go get us some space milk. Okay? Let me tell you, the space milk, I wanted to like the space milk. But I thought it was a rib. Because we bought both kinds of space milk. Allie would not drink either space milk. They were not... Very good. One of them tasted pretty bad, and the other one was spicy and tasted pretty bad. God. Yeah. What did it taste like? Um, Like, if you drank Jello mix mixed with rice milk and some weird fruit, but the other one had, like, tagine in it. It was, like, soft mango, but not good mango, but, like, fake mango with tagine, like, a lot of tagine in it. And I think the rib is, like... You pay $9 for these space milks, and then you're like, is this really what they like in space? And they're like, you're going to disrespect space like that? This is what they love in space. You're not even going to drink it. You're going to throw away your space milk? And everybody's just kind of looking at each other like, yes, we love space milk. You know, Over at Harry Potter, they got butter beer or whatever. Here, they got space milk, and we all got to look at each other and I pretend. didn't think it was very good. Well, none of this shit was good. So I drank as much as I could because I don't like to waste money. And then we rode the last ride of the day, which was the... Uh, Millennium Falcon ride that you take over and this is where I'm going to bitch a little bit because we are only two Bussy is two we rode in the Millennium Falcon we rode with some fucking children and in this one you actually have to do stuff like pilot the Millennium Falcon 
and press buttons. And the mom was filming the kids who were not doing well and not pressing her buttons. So I kept having to reach up and press her buttons for her. And then I was pressing my buttons. And then it was really cracking my neck a lot of places because it was pretty jittery moving me around. It was insane. We did very, very poorly on that one. We would have done better if they just let me fly the fucking thing. That is the worst thing about amusement parks is the fact that children go to them. Children do go to them. You know, we it's easy to just like step over kids. But we did ride a lot of rides that would be you know, child-friendly. We were very nice to kids. Bussy are very sweet and kind to kids. We're not rude to kids, but they are bad at the scorekeeping games. And it is nice to see the moms, like, whoop their kids' ass. And you kind of, like, wink at them, and they're like, yeah, Sally, sit the fuck down. Mommy's in charge. We'll do what I want next. If I win, we get to do what I want next, which is go get one of those hefty beers from the beer garden on the pier. Uh, I did um, Harry Potter World basically as, like, I'm... I'm saying goodbye to this part of my childhood. Yeah. Like, let's wrap let's, the whole thing. Let's like, get rid of it. Be done with it. And so, like, spent way more money than I should have. Um, and we got, like, wands and everything. And you can, like, make shit light up and, like, yeah. move around in the world. It's magic. Well, the kids are way fucking better at it than I was. And so I'd be, you know, trying and to get the like, thing. And they'd be like, watch that. And then they would either, you know, just walk up in their little cloak and everything and zip, zip, zip. And I it think- was embarrassing. I think we slap them with the wand. Here's another way the wand works. Expecto Patronum, whatever. It, we did not get lightsabers, if you're wondering. We did, however, run out of this park because I was very late to this podcast. And I was a surprise guest. So like, okay, worst case, I don't show up. But I wanted to show up. I have my, you can see it here, my new Major Bendy, my WrestleCon Major Bendy which we will be giving away on the Patreon. Patreon people are not only going to get the Disney World WrestleMania video, Disneyland, I'm so sorry. They're going to have a chance to win this beautiful limited WrestleCon edition, bloody purple Effie with the white boots. And that's like, that's 2018, but we kept the blonde hair. I, It's just, I love it. I love that blonde hair. And I can't have it back right now. I just have to, I have to regrow my scalp and also stop cutting my hair off while I'm blading I'm giving away too much. We got to the podcast in time and I walked into just the most star studded room of my life. Let me just, I don't, I mean, it's no surprise because they were all on the show. It's me. And I go, Hey guys. And it's Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, RJ city, Max Caster, uh, evil Uno, Chavo Guerrero. I'm forgetting people as we go. Steph DeLander, uh, obviously, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, uh, both in there as well. Um, who else am I forgetting that's on this show? This show is, I mean, this is, this was a big deal. There's a lot of people on this show. It was magic. You know, Mark Sterling was there, famed lawyer of AEW fame. Either way, did my segment, thought about selling merch, and then thought I've got to get to the next show, which I have tried so hard to slow down. I can't slow down. Even when I don't need to be there, I feel like I need to be there. I'm going to just admit here, I should have stayed and sold merch. I I got too early to the cuck show, okay? We left and we went to the cuck show down the street. And the premise of this show is that Guy Steele, are you familiar with Guy Steele? I've been seeing stuff on Twitter and He's it crazy. Looks He's one of the craziest people I've ever met. Okay. He also had the Battle Bog, which Joey Janela was victorious in. The way you win the Battle Bog is pinfall, submission, or you eat 100 chicken wings. <laughs> And people just keep entering the Battle Bog. Uh, Watto from Star Wars gave us the Battle Bog song in a full costume. 
it was the silliest show of the whole weekend. Sometimes you need that silliness, and we'll get to a moment later where... Uh, do you know about the blank check connection to Watto? No. Um, before they were doing blank check, and I think they still do it, they were doing the um, George Lucas talk show where it was um, Griffin playing Watto and then like another one of his friends doing a George Lucas impression. Because Blank Check used to be a Star Wars podcast. That's incredible. Uh, they The whole premise was they were doing the prequels, but not acknowledging the movies that came before. So the, they just did this just bit. Just as if these movies had come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah and exactly. The exactly. It's actually very much worth your time to go back and listen to I those I would love episodes, to. Especially as a Star Wars fan. And I love anything that's a bit. Keep yeah, bits going. Yeah. More bits. More bits. All I did all weekend, bits, so I can honor and respect that was, people. Because that was their thing is uh, um, no bits, pro Smiths, as in Jimmy Smiths, as in Jimmy Smiths in the prequel as in um, uh, Princess Leia's dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. This is so stupid. I know. I'm obsessed. Know. It's not as stupid as this match I'm about to describe <laughs> to you, Peter. They also, I just have to point it out because of the lightsaber thing. Apparently, if you go get lightsabers, they just add a bunch of shit to the Star Wars universe that's not in any movies or anything. Yeah. But they're like weigh the importance of it so it's just like they're just writing bullshit like good whatever's gonna sell that saber brother let's go sell me on a saber everybody was there in the star wars world and you can be a jedi too we're all jedis it's midichlorians shut the fuck up right yeah 59.99 base price plus accessories yep i think it might be more do you see that new one that actually like lightsabers lightsabers i want one that'll cut my brother's leg off I don't Wrong think kid it died. Does that. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong kid died. We're losing. We're losing our brains here. Yeah. We haven't even gotten into the main meat of this weekend. I'm obsessed. If you have to cut this in half, do it. If not, we're just gonna do one full ride through this thing, and we have plenty of time here, right? Oh my god, we have so much yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah, incredible. Yeah. So, the cuck match. We got there too early. I had taken specifically for some reason my sweatsuit out of my suitcase and it was so fucking cold and I had no pants. So I then proceeded to change into my gear and then hide in this weird closet. Cause the place that we were wrestling at was actually a place that is like a partial film studio slash they build things for films, costumes, uh, Ant-Man helmets, stuff like that. There was weird stuff in this building. I can't disclose more than that. We were in the Hollywood magic. So, the cock match proceeds with Allie and Effie. Both somehow Allie gave me like a bro hat that we were wearing in part of this match versus Heather Monroe, who's one of my favorites, and Mr. Cuck. Now, Mr. Cuck, as you can imagine, just wanted to watch. So the match was us beating up Heather and then Mr. Cuck not doing anything. And then we would beat up Heather more and he would like it and he would be really turned on by it. And then he wouldn't do anything. And it finally came to be that Heather got out of our dastardly ways and force tags this man in. And he comes in and I thought he was going to do something. And then he said, this squirt's making me burp. (laughs) Then he said, I'm not going to do anything. So we proceed to keep beating up Heather. And I think we're going to win. Boom, he changes the finish because he wants to see her lose. And he's being real nasty and he's trying to give Allie money so she'll get in on it too. And this pisses off Heather. So she slaps Mr. Cuck, 
who then misses the actual finish of Heather losing and just getting back into pin position. And he's so mad that he lost it. And then we all beat him up. That's the cuck match. And were people entertained? Fuck yeah, they were. Was it so goddamn silly? It was so silly. After this, I told Allie, I said, Allie, I got us a little secret hotel room. We're going to go sleep in regular beds and we're going to sleep in until tomorrow because we don't have another match until 3 p.m. And thus proceeds, I will say, three of the craziest matches I've ever been a part of. Now, the first three that we were a part of, really fun. We had a great time. We did lots of bussy things, but there weren't as many stakes because we knew what people wanted to see and we gave it to them. The stakes have been risen and when the stakes go up, bussy gets even sillier. I had a dream match for me starting this day. GCW versus DDT. DDT, a place that I've always thought my wrestling skills would uh, flourish. A lot of my friends have gone there. Joey Janela, RSP. Uh, I think Drew Parker may have showed up there once, but mostly Chris Brooks fighting mascots and little people and dolls. Uh, and the match we had was us versus the pheromones. Oh, I just became aware of this doll thing that y'all wrestle yoshihiko yeah, yeah yeah, a living doll yes who german suplex pero at spring break much to his I believe chagrin. it much to his chagrin he said it's a doll it can't do anything and then it threw him on his head it was incredible like what a weekend for pero we'll talk more about that um cole radrick main eventing with yoshihiko at the show and winning the ddt iron man heavyweight pro championship but then losing it again because it's an all-the-time championship that sneaky yoshihiko rolled him up what are you going to do? Our match was against the Pheromones, and that includes Dino, Don Sugadino, who is one of the most prolific gay acting wrestlers in history. He goes all the way. He forces the most sexual wild shit you've ever seen. Uh, I do want to say somebody, somebody was like, for every Effie, there's a Don Sugadino who is using gay shit, you know, whatever, whatever. If anything, he when I asked Don Sugadino to be a part of the Big Gay Brunch, you know what he said to me, Peter? He said... No, because that's the space for real LGBTQ people. What he's doing, whether you want to say he's making fun of gay people or doing what he's doing, he is showing people this stuff to where it's like they're almost uh, desensitized to it, and it helps us out tremendously. And some people can make whatever think-piece argument they want to make. I'm obsessed with Don Chicodino. Interesting. He's crazy. They use their buttholes as weapons. They're always wearing thongs. They always have their little wieners out. It's insane and wild and to get to get in a ring with him especially as a part of an event that had ddt's name on it magic now his partner eno he's actually a member of the lgbtq community i found out later which is even more impressive and i would have wanted to book him on the brunch if i had known but you don't really have an idea because he's very much that like jock you know athlete kind of gay which there's all kinds of gays now he was also in a jock strap and in this match through storytelling we did end up creating a large-scale human centipede made up of all of us and refs. Yes. And ref yes. Adam Galt, the last ref, made me eat Max Recon's ass. We were dying at... I was showing everyone at work those <laughs> photos. and Someone took the clip off of Twitter and reported it for a minute, but it's the only match that's ever ended via eating too much ass. Adam Galt rang the bell and said, there's too much ass eating, throw it out. And that's how the match was thrown out. It was <laughs> incredible. It was rewarding and it let people know that like what we're doing you may disagree with it or you may not like it but there are people who understand it and can see the skill and silliness that goes into it peter i ended the match with my bussy sister in a full thong 
I was out there in a thong. Did I feel my thongest? No. But did I feel the energy of Dino and Eno and Allie and all of us butt naked? One of the one of the moves I teamed up with them, and we triple we triple made her eat our ass. And this is all consensual. She knew what was going on. What a fun spot to do to get to hold the arms of these Japanese legends uh, and make our sister eat the ass. And she, she had one line to me that I don't think I can repeat here, but it was the funniest thing I've ever heard about asshole. And I'm so proud of her for being the woman that took part in this and being able to play up the story of like Effie focus. If you watch our matches, Bussy has one weakness and it's if we get a little too into it. When we get too into it, we lose. And by that, I mean I lose. I am the weakness. So she's trying to keep me focused. And then she finally joins the fun. And it all devolves into craziness. It was magic. But to then swap sides and go to the other side of the spectrum, we had the complete opposite match that evening. At spring break, it was Bussy taking on for one night only, Nick Gage, Maki Ito, Maki Death Kill. Now, this begun my... 24 hours of being soaked in my own blood. And thank God. Now, folks, if you're worried about how much blood was coming out of me, I wasn't. And I planned it that way. There are tricks to this. I took a bunch of Excedrin. I drank a lot of water. If you are hydrated and full of Excedrin, guess what happens? Your blood is thinner and it wears out. And if anyone's worried about my health for how much I bled that night or at the brunch, it was such a relief to lower my blood pressure and let a little bit of that blood out, like a like a leech, but just out to the world to go, oh, I felt so much better both times I sucked that thing in my face and started bleeding. I just want to be honest with everyone. Is that a concern? I hope not, because I don't do it all the time. But in those days of craziness and no release and just like going from thing to thing, I needed a little blood. Now, did we beat Nick Gage and Maki Ito? No. No, we did not. We did not beat Nick Gage and Maki Ito. Uh, Bussy was not victorious in this effort, but we were both soaked in blood and we did look tough as fuck. Even Maki Ito said, you guys are tough as fuck. And I don't know if I should say anything about this because I don't know who's going to pick up on it, uh, but I'm going to say it because I don't give a shit. Earlier in the day, before I had my match with Pheromones, someone came up to me and they said, hey, don't freak out. We've got to figure out a way to work this match tonight. They don't want Maki Ito having any intergender contact. They don't want her hitting men or being in the ring with men. And I said, okay, well, there's probably a creative way we can get around this. You know, it can look like I'm going for it. It can look like I'm trying things. She can evade, whatever. But then the pheromones match happened and I was reapproached by multiple people from both organizations saying, yeah, Effie, do whatever you want. You're incredible. Uh, you can do whatever you want with Maki. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So if anyone doubts my skill as a wrestler, uh, your opinion doesn't matter because the people who don't doubt my skill as a wrestler have a lot of faith in what I do as a wrestler to keep 100 pound women safe in a dangerous, wild environment. And did we make it work? We fucking made it work incredibly well. And I think they were really excited to see, and this is insider terms. I don't care anymore. How well I base for Maki Ito. And if you watch that match, the way I take her DDTs, the way I take her satellite DDTs, the way I take her moves, uh, and the way I cut her fucking face open to protect her bangs because it's a big part of her uh, image and her brand. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was being professionally patted on the back to be given that position. So we didn't win. You're right. 
but was I soaked in my own blood and did I have the most fun of my life? I had the most fun of my goddamn life. And to me, there were other moments on that show like Yoshihiko being there and other weird things and you know, Cardona came out after, but it felt like the most spring break, spring break match besides Kota Ibushi and Joey Janela, which was, the. we'll have to talk about this one off the air, me and you. What a crazy fucking night for both of those two. And someone said, are me and Joey competing to see who can gig worse? Joey gigged so bad he had to go get stapled. Uh, Joey Janela is the toughest, craziest wrestler who can work with anyone of any style. I'm a little stuffed up, so uh, he will make everyone look good. And he is so creative and so giving. I can't say enough good things about Joey Janela as a person and a wrestler. Uh, but he main evented that show. After this was emo fight. And, you know, after I bleed a lot and I'm covered in blood, like it was it was dried to my face like a mask beater. Um, but I didn't leave quite away, quite away. I didn't leave quite right away. I didn't leave right away. That's what it is. And I stayed and emo fight started, which was very silly and fun and wild. And some of the guys from DDT and some of the, uh, luchadors and some of the younger cats were all on the show with performances included. And it was packed out, but I came back downstairs. I came back downstairs and I'm still covered in blood and in a tracksuit. And I saw some people I needed to see, which was, once again, Orange Cassidy. I saw RJ City. I saw Tracy Williams, Hot Sauce. I saw, there was a lot of people there. I think I saw Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett was there, maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, no, it was Taven. Taven was there. And they were all like, okay, now it feels like WrestleMania week when the silly blood-covered man in a tracksuit shows up after he's had his Maki Ito and Pheromones match. I said, boys, I've had my butthole and my blood out today. Everything has been shown to the world. I've given myself to wrestling. But it was nice of them to say, like, you're carrying a tradition on of extremeness, silliness, crazy amounts of bookings, wrestling everywhere, wherever you can. It's a point of pride in wrestling. And I think some people this year got a little confused. And maybe they didn't watch indies as much when they did. But what WrestleMania week has always been is a culmination of the year. It has always been a buildup of what we've been doing all year, of who's been working hard all year. So if you're seeing, you know, new people pop out or you're seeing people, you know, show out for the first time or you're seeing, you know, legends of the indies show back up again. All of that is a culmination of what's been happening all year. The idea or notion that we're using the same people or we're uh, showing the same stuff or we're not giving random people the chance to do it. All of our shows were sold out. We had... All sorts of people you've never seen before. We had all sorts of people from all sorts of rosters. And we had mainstay staples who've earned their matches this year. Seeing Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver win those belts from Motor City Machine Guns, incredible. There are moments like this that are built in that have been built up all year and have have taken a whole different journey. And so for people to say like, oh, the indies suck now because we're not just letting randoms in at the last second on the biggest shows of the year. It's the most absurd shit I've ever heard. Work your ass off. Let me see you. That's how you get booked for these brunches. I want to see who's been putting in the work all year. I want to see who's been taking the bookings that aren't as good. It's not anyone new showing up for the first time. It's people I've been paying attention to that have been putting in the effort. That's what these WrestleMania weeks have always been. So when you say, oh, these are supposed to be shows where you pick new people to be the new part of the indies, it's just because you weren't paying the fuck to the indies you weren't paying attention to what was going on when you were coming to these wrestlemania weeks and it was just a glimpse outside of the main wwe stuff you were there for and not your whole lifehood so just because you have a bigger look on it now doesn't doesn't mean that uh we're doing anything different sorry i had to go off a little bit there you know how i get with my tangents now that night i did attempt to sleep a tiny bit and wake up in time for the big gay brunch this is the sixth time we have done a big gay brunch 
This is the most tickets we've ever sold to a big gay brunch. This is the most celebrities we've had at a big gay brunch. And it is the easiest big gay brunch I've ever been a part of. Now, Peter, this is great because you've actually seen the show. Did it feel I have. like a celebration of us? Yes, it really did. Of every part and component yeah. and skill. And not to mention, and this is a big thing that I thought to myself when I started this, the wrestling also fucking slapped. There was so much high-level wrestling. And I get so excited now because the the difference level of skill used to be much greater between your indies or your ROH or your WWEs. And now there is so much talent across the board. And since we're bringing in talent that doesn't get these opportunities all the time and showing them at this high level and going, y'all are fucking up by not using these people, uh, you get to see how much skill these competitors really have. Um. I just have to like simp for a moment about Ashton Starr's haircut. Went from like oh my God. high diva to full trade. Like he, uh, I didn't quite realize how attractive he was until he chopped Ashton his hair Ashton Starr is a stud. Yeah, seriously. Body, face, everything. Like Jesus Christ. Like chiseled with that yeah. beard coming like out. You can, it's, it's. The difference between actual attractive people and the rest of us is if you if you chop it all off, if it's if, if it holds, if it holds, and yeah. not only does it hold, but like you can see is like everything that's working in his face is yeah, the cheekbones come right yeah, out, the yeah, eyes are staring yeah, straight exactly, through you, exactly. Yeah, we were all having trouble in the locker room, not like trying to ask him out for coffee uh, while the show's going on, and I'd be like, all right, you guys are up next, and Ashton, what are you doing uh, four hours after the show? Yeah, okay. WrestleMania, all right, might see you there. Maybe I'll see you there. No, it was it was awesome to see. And it's anything that brings more light to Ashton Starr being as skilled of a worker as they are, magic. Just magic. And I feel like we had so much diversity on the card that the card could have been a mess, but everybody fit where they needed to fit. Everybody showed off. Everybody got shines. And you know, I want to tell everybody that in the middle of the show, and I read one of the reviews online that said a lot of bad people are winning. Like a lot of like the heels are winning in these matches. Uh, no fucking duh. This is all by design. You stupid fucking idiots. Number one, big point to make just because we are gay does not mean we all have to be polite clapped all the time. I want you to look at someone and go, I fucking hate them. And you go, why? Because they're gay, because they're trans, because they're bisexual, because they're uh, not living within your gender norms. No, because they're a fucking asshole. I support everything about how they are and who they are, but why do they have to be such a dick? And even Brett said to me, a lot of bad guys are winning. And I said, yeah, because guess what, Peter? This year, I'm going to be a selfish little piece of shit. And you know what's a bigger moment when Effie conquers at the end of the show over these evil motherfuckers that have been ruining his life for eight months? If I'm about the only one that's the good guy that conquers. All right? I'm a selfish motherfucker. And let me tell you, when I went up for my hot tag in the sixth person... It was about as electric in that room as you can get. And that's by design, Peter. Am I selfish? Yeah, I'm fucking selfish. I want to show you both sides of the coin, but I want to lavish and everyone cheering for me as much as possible. Save your cheers. Boo away. But I'm going to have the biggest cheers at the end because I'm a selfish little prick. How's that sound for everybody? And maybe they're going, ooh, Effie, I don't like this attitude from you. Huh. Maybe that's on purpose. Because if you watched any of my matches this weekend, excluding the main event at the end, 
I was such a piece of shit all weekend. If people couldn't see Hollywood Effie just out there stomping holes and posing and being an asshole, then I'm sorry you weren't paying attention. Because the only match I worked babyface in was the match on my actual show where I got the biggest babyface reaction. Baby, we can do it all. I'm over as fuck, but if I feel like working like a dingus piece of shit... I'm still going to sell t-shirts. Get in line, motherfucker. Effie can do everything. Thank you to everyone at the brunch. I had the most fun of my life. People were concerned because Pero hit me in the face with a chair. And I just want to say, um, you just made a face when you yeah, saw that. Yeah, that one was rough. Hey, hey, folks, uh, we're adults. And any dipshit who got injured... Because, no, not because of concussions, but because he was so shitty at doing professional wrestling that he couldn't bump properly. And now he gets to go around and do little seminars about how my head is bangy, bangy. Go suck my dick, you piece of shit. I'm going to do what I want. And if I want Para to hit me in the head with a chair, then get in line. I don't have to sign up for your seminar. I don't fucking work for you. I don't have to sign the form. I am an outlaw. I am Terry Funk if he believed in trans rights, which I think he does now, but who knows how it goes back in the day. I am Fagnum TA. I am that motherfucker. And not one of y'all can tell me what to do. Even though I'll take all your advice, I'll listen to all your advice, I'll take it in my ear and I'll use what I want, but I don't look up to none of y'all. All y'all can do is pay me to be me because I don't need your permission anymore. I don't need anyone to be on my team anymore because I have proven to myself that I'm the motherfucking one. Welcome. How are you? Get in line if you have something to say to me or order a cameo if you'd like me to address it directly because I don't fucking give a shit and I don't have to listen to you. Am I a little brat, Peter? Yeah, I am. I'm a little brat, but I'm a proven, objectively, ticket-selling, sell-out, make-money-for-everybody-around-me motherfucker of a brat. And I won't hide it, and I won't pretend it's not true, and I won't sit there and go, ooh, can I have a chance? When you get Effie, you're going to get all of Effie, but I'm not going to pretend that I don't know who Effie is for your benefit any longer. And you're not going to pretend you can tell me shit. I saw that dumbass Gabe Sapolsky walking around all the shows, and I can't say shit at any of them, but I'll tell you which show he didn't walk up to, because he knew he's a dumbass who didn't pay people the amount of money that they were worth, who then schemed his way into another job, and is now giving out more bad advice to indie workers so that he can continue paying them pennies and carrot dangling in front of them like he's going to give them a job, so that they'll work for these guys who can make bigger profit while never having to hurt their back. Suck my dick. All of this is bullshit. It's a good thing you didn't show up, because I don't like fans in my locker room sorry peter i'm a little fired up and i've been vindicated in many ways about what i believe the wrestling industry to be and what i believe is possible and i saw it saturday when i sold out the ukrainian cultural center when i had the coolest roster of any show that happened on this whole week when i brought back former wwe superstars when i brought in 70s legends like tex green to beat up former world champions and independent wrestling world champions like ac mac when i had blood when i had drag when i had celebration when i had fans who've never thought about coming to wrestling saying when's the next event it's very hard for me to listen to these old-ass heads who are the same old heads who don't say anything when Rick Steiner's transphobic at WrestleCon, who just stand around and look at their feet like they don't have to do anything when they're attacking people who are like us. It's fucking bullshit. All of you are on alert. We don't need any of you. You're hanging on by a thread, and if we allow you to stand here, it is because we allowed it, not because you are welcome here or because you are needed here. Old heads get in line. You can be a part of what this is uh, turning into, or we can cut you at the fucking umbilical cord and leave you without mama's milk. It doesn't bother me a fucking either way. I'm fired up today, Peter. 
Uh, you know what got me fired up? What? The Sawyer Rack Kid Bandit match. Holy fuck. Those two just beat the fuck out of each other. They are crazy. It was so goddamn brutal. Like, Jesus fucking And Kid Christ. Bandit had like eight matches all weekend, and Sawyer Rack was just beating everybody up. I, it is incredible how Kid Bandit moves like an actual real life anime character. She's an anime character. It's, She's crazy. And she had a a, a keyblade key with barbed wire all over it. That was, yeah. I loved. Okay, so like Kid Bane is the most. She's so polite, and she says, "Effie, is it okay if we use barbed wire in our match?" And I go, "What?" And she goes, "I want to cover my keyblade in barbed wire." And I go, "Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want, but you don't have to. This isn't a this isn't a requirement." Holy shit! Uh, that rules. It is. Awesome. I suggest everyone check out the show. It's on Fight Plus. Fight Plus won't give me any logins, so I can pass this out to people to see. They suggested that uh, they sign up for the trial, so I'm going to figure out what to do with that because uh, also uh, the same thing I say to old head wrestlers is what I say to streaming services. You're streaming my shit, and I'll decide where it's being streamed, and I'll decide who gets to watch it. We'll figure this out together, but between the copyright strikes and the other bullshit... Uh, the amount of money I've made you is very, very high, and you need to start listening to me or I will dunk you out. I'm threatening everyone. I'm fired up. I don't give a shit, Peter. I'm the queen now. The, um, was it the first time you've had a straight person at Big Gay Brunch? No, no, no. We've had straight people before. Okay. okay? Like, we had uh, SGC take on some gay people before. Those are my homies. I wanted them to show out. Yeah. Uh, I believe we had... There might have been one other, but I think it's okay sometimes... This is the first time you had a real piece of shit. A real piece person. of shit straight person. Number one, he's a piece of shit, and we can boo him. Boo this straight man. Number two, I've been feuding with this guy. We've been feuding with he's this guy. A, dude, he's a really good bad guy. It's he's insane. very good at being a bad guy. It's and if I want to book the muscled up Dominican boy who talks shit about me to be hot in my match that I'm gonna win, you know what? I'm allowed to do that too. So maybe I want to look across the ring and think look at this hot dominican straight trade that we're gonna beat up because he doesn't want to give us kisses i can do that they used to use us as uh silly points or comedic parts of the matches or here's the little gay boy that comes out well here's the little straight boy look at him rip his shirt off beat him up and leave him with nothing how's that sound we're doing it the opposite way it was a fun way to include uh him in this and i think that with the story and how queer centric the story has been so far with him it made sense and i told him i go we're gonna use you like trade motherfucker we're gonna use you up like trade out there and he got all the booze he needed it was the most like 1987 tolly blanchard three three on three you know four horsemen kind of heel match and I bled buckets. That first chair shot reopened me up, and I got reopened big, and I said, perfect. And if you notice, I didn't have to do that much in that match, except for bleed, hit a hot tag, and win, and then give the sickest speech about our trans brothers and sisters out there. Listen here. Do I plan to give a speech after every Big A brunch? No. But I'm usually covered in blood, and my adrenaline is running, and I'm mad about something. And sometimes the way I can get things out of my head is to just yell them out at a large crowd of people. And so, yes, I was very frustrated after Trans Visibility Day to have Rick Steiner be a piece of shit. I was frustrated to see the people that are still in our industry making money who are transphobic. I was frustrated by the lack of uh, spots for trans people to wrestle in that we weren't providing or that weren't being provided by queer bookers. Uh, and I was mad. So I wanted to yell. Now I thought to myself, dark Sheik, I should have given you the mic. And she said, no, when you say it, they listen directly. 
And I think that's important to do too. And as someone who is uh, a cis male, yes, I'm gay, but I'm also a cis male. I don't deal with a lot of these problems. And I said this at the Out in the Ring screening, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I have a lot of privilege. I know this. I'm a six foot male who can walk down the street and you don't know I'm looking to suck dick. Like you have to ask to find out most of the time. It depends on the outfit. Um, so I want to use that privilege to benefit the friends that I have that do not have that privilege, which some people are going like, you just talked about being selfish for an hour. Yeah, but I want to be selfish for them too. And so as someone who has this privilege, I need to use it to protect my people and to set you know, as much groundwork for them having an easier time. They shouldn't have to deal with all this shit. They can. I'm not saying my friends aren't strong and cool and passionate and able to protect themselves, but like, why put that on them every time? Why make them stand up and deal with that when I have the strength and I have the power to get in their face and go, listen up. We need to be as aggressive out here as we were happy in here. We have to. We can't we can't let people get away with this shit any longer. They're attacked even outside of wrestling. We're being attacked everywhere. Don't let this happen. Don't let them use the same bullshit of you know, how they described gay people in the 80s to get back at us again. And don't forget that the trans people were fighting for gay rights because, well, because they had to, because they were marginalized, but because they knew what this was going to be. Don't leave them hanging now. This is our this is our time. Plus, all my cool friends are trans. You want to have cool friends? Meet some trans people. Because that shit, that's where you meet the coolest people of all. Uh, because they have to be sure in who they are because who they are is going to get them messed with and it, it makes you concrete in yourself even though you've changed who you are. I think that's magic. You haven't changed anything. You've just been allowed to be yourself. Let me clear that up before I sound ignorant. Now, I'm going to take a sip. Ooh, that squirt. Love that squirt. That's not pee. That's squirt. That's the worst ad read I've ever done. Uh, okay, before I jump into the next part, Movie John is back with another yes. Effie Bird and Peter Bird at the movies, exclusive to our Patreon, which you can sign up for, weekendateffies.com, this month on May 1st, because we're already in April. May 1st, of all the subscribers that are there, we are giving away a WrestleCon exclusive bloody purple Effie variant of the major Bendy's figure. Now, they referred to my figure today as the most toyetic figure in the line, which I had to wonder, does that mean other toys want to fuck me? Uh, is that what Like I'm sexy means? to toys? I didn't know what it meant. Uh, potentially marketable as a toy. So toys want to fuck me, and that's pretty awesome. Having merchandise potential. Ooh. Oh, so this is this is complimentary. I love yeah, this. Yeah. Get the toy all the toys are fucking about, <clears throat> talking about. It's the exclusive WrestleCon Major Bendy's Effie covered in blood, reminiscent of WrestleMania, reminiscent of many parts of my life. People forget how bloody I get all the time. Yeah. I know you don't, Peter. I love bleeding. It's one of my favorite parts of wrestling. Um, I I've, I've said this before, but one of my favorite um uh occult authors uh it, he tends to write more like self-helpy kind of books which are it's like it bridges the gap between the self-help and like all the magic shit but one of the things that he says is if you're living your life correctly they can make an action figure out of you and you would be immediately recognizable and whoa whoa well done incredible yeah back to Effie Burton Peter Bird at the movies the reason we're asking you to sign up for the patreon to check things out if you're already there vote you get to vote on the movie we're all going to watch together. We're going to talk about this. This is a once-a-month segment that features 
your voice in picking the movies. Now, what's up with all these Billy Zane movies? So, uh... What okay? This is actually gets into one of our questions. Um, what is the Dan Housen, Billy Zane, Effie connection? What the, how do, how does all this tie together? I don't know, Peter. Okay. Am I supposed to know? I think you're supposed to know this. <laughs> I don't know how it all ties together, Peter. Because yeah. y'all were uh, tag team partners. Gaytanic Panic, yeah, which yeah, yeah. he says. Uh, they would need too many sacks of money for us to tag now. And I said, you're damn right, Danhausen. Plus, I'm just kind of a little bitch. I'm bad at taking direction, as you could hear from the earlier parts of this episode. Uh, I'll figure out the connection. I'm sure it's easy to understand. So we're doing all movies starring the one and only Billy Zane. And I, uh, if there's a reason to join the Patreon and vote on that, it's because I have massively skewed it one direction, oh, no. which I'm not supposed to do because oh, we're no. technically not supposed to know what these movies are if we're like playing along with the Beta. game. Um, but one of them is The Phantom, which is a movie I've seen like well over 30 times. Uh oh. So we're trying to skew away from The Phantom now. And for everyone's Peter's voting sake. for The Phantom. Well, because they want to, it's confirmation bias. You want to keep voting in the way that it's voting, right? Or do you want to mess up the vote? I don't, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'd be fine with watching. So it was one of the only comics that ran in Kenya, oddly enough. Whoa! Like the Phantom was one of two. Did you comic figure out the strips. reason why? No, just that was the one they picked. They probably just money. a big Phantom fan in the probably office. Just yeah, it was that and Flash Gordon. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I'm very familiar with the Merciless Ming. And you're just getting a strip a week. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. The, of the yeah. story continuation. Yep. yep, yep, yep. God, dude, what a time! But I do have very vivid and fond memories. I'm wondering if, like, because he is so attractive, I'm wondering if that if there was a little something happening when I was a kid. I think so. I think you were learning things. Probably. I think Billy Zane stayed pretty attractive. My nose itches. Hold on. Obviously, post brunch, we took a lot of bussy pictures with everyone. I was soaked in blood. We were victorious. We finished the show. Are you ready for this, Peter? Two hours and 34 minutes. We were aiming for a tar. Could you tell I was aiming for a tar? Yeah. I was aiming for a perfect tar at two hours and 38 minutes. The previous Chicago Big Gay Brunch uh, was the length of Return of the King without the credits, which I thought was important. We could have done credits on the show, and it would have been a perfect Return of the King, but it was too long, in my opinion, so we went less, and we went for the perfect tar. We missed it by four minutes, which means if you had cut off Big Gay Brunch at tar... You missed, uh, you missed the final scene of me wrestling in Thailand against puppet characters just to maintain. <laughs> Very different story than Tar. I've, I've learned from Tar. You know what I learned from Tar? Um, consent and not using your power in weird ways. You know what I mean? Just like book the people and send them home. You don't have to be weird about your cello players every time. Maybe that's why we cut off the last four minutes of Tar because we didn't need it. You know, we'd already... We had succeeded. We didn't need to go down that dark path. It was a magic show. Afterwards, WrestleMania, couldn't do it. Dropped some people off again at WrestleMania. Uh, did that part of it. But then I hung out with Manser. Me and Manser just hung out. We all went out to lunch. You know what I ate after Big Gay Brunch? I ate a whole plate of raw tuna and a beef pot pie. It was beautiful. Me, Joey, Mance, uh, a few others. We all went out to eat together. We had a great time. Blake Christian was there too. What a stud. He's a lot of people are mad at him and he's a heel, uh, but I believe in him and I see him chasing the title. I think he's going to do big things. I see him at Ring of Honor doing big things. Uh, and the only reason I'm really in favor of him winning the belt is I have a victory over Blake Christian. I'm the only person. Every other match he wins. Me, 
I beat Blake Christian, which means if he wins the belt, I actually have a chance at uh, getting that GCW title. Either, neither here nor there. We finished that. Uh, that night, you know, we watched a little WrestleMania. We did all of that. We had fun. I'm trying to remember if we did anything else that night that's even worth discussing. But I'm pretty sure... No, we hung out and then we uh, went back to Gringo Loco's show. I found out about a new part of the building that I'd never seen before. So we watched the Lucha show from the Crow's Nest up top. Saw everything that happened with that. It was insane. And then we went to bed. Went over, slept. I got a bed to myself. I slept all night. Now, I had to wake up early again because where am I going? (coughs) WrestleCon. I did a five-hour stint at WrestleCon. Signed a bunch of stuff, met a bunch of people, saw a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. Got to see Shota, who is helping out with all the Tokyo Joshi Pro stuff. So I got to see Shota uh, with uh, Miyu Yamashita, who is fighting Ali Catch this Thursday at Revolver, and Riho, who was there. Very cool. Uh, it's It was sick. And Maki Ito made it to her meet and greet the next day, even though we beat her up Friday night. So it all worked out fine. Uh, sold a lot of these bendies. Uh, a lot of people were getting in line for bendies. Got to hang out with Steph Delander and Matt Cardona and watch them be rude as fuck. Got to see Clark Connors, but I also got to see Sabu and Bill Alfonso. Do you know how sick it is to walk into a room and know that, like, oh, I know those people, and it's ECW legends Bill Alfonso and Sabu? You're like, oh, good, I'm not alone in here. It's the ECW legends Bill Alfonso and Sabu. And me and Sabu were talking about bleeding. I was showing them the blood from the matches. They said it was sick. I hadn't seen Sabu since the uh, barbed wire incident in Las Vegas, to which I've healed from. So he was checking on me there. It's very weird and wild to, to sort of see that. And the Hall of Fame was happening, but I had actually signed up to go watch Out in the Ring, the documentary that I'm a part of uh, that was filmed, and this is crazy, Peter, in 2017. Before Big Gay Brunch was even an iota in my mind. Damn. And I was still speaking passionately about the use of LGBTQ people in wrestling, what we're going through, uh, WWE being shitty with Saudi Arabia stuff and other stuff like that. And I was still very passionate about it. And it was so nice to see myself literally five years ago, before I was anywhere near who I am now, being identical in belief and outspokenness to now where I have plenty of success and I can sort of say whatever I want and not risk anything. I was still willing to make the risks because I believed in what I was saying. So I'm patting myself on the back here because in five years, it's held up. I listened to what I had to say. Uh, It featured speeches from the Big Gay Brunch, which were added at a later time from Pollo Del Mar. That was very magical. And it also featured uh, Tex Green telling her story. And totally did not mention... um the Wonder Woman. Oh, oh Poya my Del God. Mar with the Wonder yeah, Woman yeah, reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had an yeah. argument over this. I have to tell oh. everyone. Uh, she was supposed to do it in a big entrance. And I said, Poyo, I said, trust me, get out there. Don't do it yet. When I get out there, I will make sure it's a reveal. To have the whole room clap along to the reveal and yeah. get excited and not have yeah. to hear music over it. Yeah. I thought it made it better, but yeah. I'm a little biased. Poyo killed it. Poyo did so good. And in the in the tag match too, Poyo going crazy. They were attacking Poyo, East Coast, West Coast. Pretty wild. Your fucking timing on the whole thing was... You know none of that was planned, the intro segment? None of it. That was all on the fly? That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Last second we decided, let's bring Tex in the ring to honor her. Last second I said, AC, just that was, just break us up. I said, break us up with brilliant. the music. Had no idea she was going to punch him in the face. Had no idea where this no. was going to go. Dude, that's just... It set the fucking tone 
perfectly to have all these brutal matches coming after yes. and then you know you winning at the end like, like you killed it like thank you, you. it's uh, it's my favorite one we've done so far and i know it's easy to say that because it was right now and sold out and whatever it was pretty sick yeah uh all the matches on there are so good max vipers was crazy too love them it's like just like the duality of humanity to have vipers out there just like look at this beautiful gorgeous woman and she's put together and gothy and sexy and maxine paler is just a giant monster jesus christ they're gonna eat you yeah. they're gonna destroy you yeah. they even carried vipers out like 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 vipers was being kidnapped it was incredible uh i i, I told them i said max what i really want is like a just like a horror film for 10 minutes. Yeah. And they said, got it. Got it. I got you. So really when they all came from the back and everyone's mouth makeup was messed up, I was like, I hadn't watched anything yet. And I was like, what the fuck happened? They were like, don't worry about it. It was incredible. (laughs) Fuck yes. But either way, watching this out in the ring documentary, and I got to see a lot of people that were at the brunch the day before. A lot of people came out for this. They were doing a free showing of it. Um, and we did a Q&A after, and I think kind of figuring out that, you know, I'm looked at in a different lens than I even realize sometimes. And there's a great responsibility to this, but a lot of that responsibility has been born of me just doing what the fuck I think I should do. So it's like, there's not a weight to the responsibility if I can look around and go, no, what I've been doing is working and trusting my gut, especially in issues like this has been completely correct. And to even see beyond the LGBTQ thing, to see in the world of wrestling how many people trust my opinion, how many people come to me for advice, people you would never expect who want to run a finish by me or who want to ask about a spot. It is a very, very cool position to be in to go, I don't have to I don't have to put the asterisks on it anymore and go, but you know it's just coming from Effie, right? It's just and really I probably never had to do that, but I'm also very different than what a lot of wrestlers are looking for. But I think we're seeing enough of a shift in this industry to where my opinion's gonna matter a little more anyway. Because people are on the outside looking in going, wait a second. And this is, I'm just saying it objectively, with basically no names. I sold out this whole show and it was the most talked about show of the weekend. People are saying it's the best show they went to. People who never go to wrestling are going. Ron Funches is showing up and giving me a fist bump. You know, the host. I forgot I saw that shit. Yes. Yes. Uh, The host of uh, the morning radio show in LA is there posting pictures like, it's very cool to see that sort of validation and growth and to, to be able to put a platform out for these people that gets them more bookings, that helps them find more places, that shows them off to more people. I don't know. I'm feeling very full of heart about the whole thing. Uh, out in the Ring documentary got me even spicier afterwards. I was just like, let's fucking go. Uh, but that was my last booking of everything. And so I got in the car. Allie picked me back up from the taping because she had to go get lunch with some people. And she said, will you drop me off at WrestleMania? I said, absolutely. She said, do you want to come in? We have a box. This is how dumb I am. They have box seats both days. I did not go either day. I was, I could not do it. I was, it let me know that I really put enough effort into everything. But watching Allie, after being a part of all the same matches, just be like, no, I'm changing outfits and I'm going to go be hot and I'm going to WrestleMania. And they've got chicken tenders and they've got drinks. (laughs) And it's like, you know what, sister? Go you. And I went and I laid at the hotel and I reorganized my merch and I ate a big meal and I watched two episodes of Drag Race and I fell the fuck asleep. Now, my flight was not until midnight the next day. And Allie, well, she missed her flight. So her flight was later in the day anyway. And it all worked out to where she said, let me run in the airport. Let me see what they can do. 
And they said, they can fly me home at 1030 at night. And so my flight's at midnight. Let's go see Dungeons and Dragons. So we ended this weekend with a sister date, me and just Allie Catch, who had been my wing girl all weekend. We had looked out for each other all weekend. Make sure you eat. Make sure you drink. What do you need, baby? On each other to end and just like go to the movies and be sisters and watch Dungeons and Dragons, which was... I can't even say the Don name. Don John. Don John Dragon. Yeah, the French version. Donjon et Dragon. We love the Donjon. How was it? It's the coolest. It's the greatest. Hell yeah. It's so good. It's incredible. I, I don't want to spoil anything. I it's love incredible. that it, this shit just came out of nowhere and it rips. Yeah. Also, I will spoil one thing. Uh, oh, what's the movie about fantastical friends that are weird coming together that also features a little Bradley Cooper? Is it Guardians of the Galaxy? Or is it Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dungeons. Dungeon. I can't say the name of this film, dude. They're not going to cast me if I can't even say the name of the film. There's so much good shit in there. Hell Go yeah. see Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Go see Dungeons and Dragons. It was magic. I really loved it. Everybody killed it. It was so, it was so good. It's what, Chris Pine, right? Chris Pine as the bard. Uh, girl from Stranger Things as the... I can change shapes. Uh, the guy from Jurassic Park, uh, not Chris Pratt. The he's I like know. I didn't see. He's like nerdy, this. and he's like, oh I well, he the plays the wizard. He's out. not a good wizard, but he gets better. And then it's it's really good. The girl I, from Fast and Furious plays the like muscled cool chick. Okay, and it was a beautiful and Hugh Grant too. Hugh Grant is. Is he in a weird little such a little renaissance right now? I'm all like about, about Hugh Grant. to be. You know why we were mad at Hugh Grant for reasons that we should be. Okay, he did some bad things and he ran away and he left some people high and dry and he should have been. He employed sex workers, right? Yeah, but I think That's... he treated the sex worker poorly. Oh, was part of it. So he wasn't just contributing. I think he to left the, the sex worker kind of out to dry and was kind of being a piece of shit. I don't yeah. know the full details, but I hope he has atoned for his sins because I enjoy watching him in movies. And if he is not, let me know. But let's see what he's done. He was a great um, uh, wrong track. I want to say Gunkel. Do you have purple in your hair? Do I? Am I on drugs? <laughs> what was in that pen? I don't know, but your hair looks purple right here. Might just be the lighting. It looks really good. Okay, thank you. I don't know. I'm seeing the purple. I'm still. I like. I. Where is this coming from? I. This is a magical haircut. It is like I'm growing my. Oh, it's this light up oh, here yeah, yeah, is perfectly yeah. reflecting That's purple funny. in there. It looks good. I think it's a sign. I don't know. That's I don't know. Funny. Uh, we went home after that. I landed at 7 a.m. And I've been a bit in a coma since then. This has been the first day I've been able to like start my laundry and send out yeah. orders. And it was a... Uh, I told you this morning. I think I had a lot to process. And my dreams have been uh, very intense and very clear and very lucid. Uh, and I think I'm figuring things out. And I think you were right. That by my birthday, the world will look a little different. It will have taken a lot out of me. I am emotionally exhausted for a multitude of reasons, but I am uh, uplifted to know on the other side that like, hey, what I'm doing is working. It will continue to work. It will take a lot more hard work and effort, but we're on to something here that is bigger than just where wrestling needs to go. It's about uh, where humanity needs to go. 
Is that too cheesy to end with? No. Let's do some questions. Let's do some questions. Okay. Did you know that M83 has a brother who's a filmmaker? Whoa. Who is this? Uh, Jan Gonzalez. What's up, Jan Gonzalez? We want to watch your films. Uh, Sounds fantastic. Knife Plus Heart, You in the Night islands hideous. i know the knife plus heart because m83 did the soundtrack on that one okay well that and would... it's a really good so i've listened to it on the planes before just to quell my easy mind i'm supposed to have brunch with maki ito on friday oh shit. we're on the same show again together and the promoter just invited both of us out to brunch That's... so hopefully she's not mad at me cutting her face open <laughs> or watching me eat three cinnamon rolls in a row um lucy give me her Oh, do you, okay, interesting. Um, so uh, this so this is from uh, Rosalie from Movie John. Hell yes. Um, said I found Yives Two More, which was one of my recommendations from last week. Which if you've not listened to their new album, it, it it's a, I haven't. It's so fucking good. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna listen it's to so it. So fucking good. <laughs> I, it's it's up your alley. For okay, sure. good. Um. Uh. I found you guys two more when Cody Chris Tolo, probably said that wrong, directed their kerosene video. Have either of you listened to Cody's band Scion? S S I O N? I have not listened to Scion. Add it to the list. Add I need it to I the need list. to open okay. up a playlist for people yeah. to add for me. Um, and then we have another recommendation. Ooh. Andy the Doorbum. We'll have to check this out. All right, Andy the Doorbum. Is this gonna be am I gonna wanna go camp out at a festival if I listen to Andy the Doorbum? I just got to be sure. I had Alley Cats talk me out of uh, the Big Gay Camping Brunch, which I think would be great, where we would have a couple bands play, and you could camp if you wanted, but there's also hotel packages, and we're in the woods for three days, and we do wrestling shows each day with a band playing afterwards. But I don't know. might be too much. might be too stinky. She said, too stinky, too stinky. Too stinky? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, we'll see. I'll, yeah. might be stinky. might be stinky. All right, this is from Julie. Yes. I need to hear about this historic RJ City meeting. Also, you, uh, I saw a photo of you and Julie with you covered yes, in blood. Yes, yes. Julie put up with my blood. Thank you. Thank you for coming and being so sweet. It was fantastic. Um, so tell us more about the RJ City meeting. Uh, this is all I can say, okay? We met. It was beautiful. We talked a while. But then the real peak of everything was Orange Cassidy looking over and he pulls his sunglasses down and he goes, you two have never met before? And I was like, nope. And then he went back to his business. But it was like he was genuinely a little surprised <laughs> that we had never met before in person. I got to tell you all this. RJ City is taller than you think. And that jawline could cut a fucking cake. It is so sharp. He's so handsome and well-spoken. I... I was ribbing him a little bit where he was like, here he comes, the superstar, superstar Effie, arriving late as always. I said, don't you ever call me superstar when you get your own set and your own lighting and you get to interview people uh, like Daniel Bryan, Bri- Daniel Bryan Danielson on your show. We were both kicking at each other like we were a little bigger than we were, I think. Uh, but it is magic to see that he has carved out this path where he is a wrestling figure who hangs out with all the same wrestling people and is paid by the wrestling industry. And I have never seen that motherfucker take a bump. Never. Can he wrestle? Yes. There's matches on YouTube. Go watch him. Does he need to? Not even a little bit. He's got Hey EW. He's interviewing people. He's paid. He's good. He's handsome. Uh, he's terrific. He his I have never watched anything with him in it. I see his tweets all the time. Yes. I just 
you know, the wrestling tweets. Um, <laughs> but his, the charm comes through the Twitter. Yes. Uh, I will say this one. Allie's not going to like it. Uh, she dropped someone off in an AW thing, and he walked up, and he goes, Allison, we've never met before in person. She goes, well, nice to meet you. And he looks in her car, and he goes, I don't think we're going to be doing this again. <laughs> Your car is filthy. <laughs> she's like, she's like, leave me alone. Oh it's been God. a wrestling weekend. I can't oh deal God. with this shit. Leave me alone. It's probably just a couple <laughs> cups or something. It's I've never been in her car. I've been like, oh, this is fine. It's just like I probably left cups in there. Yeah. But just to hear that that's his sort of first reaction of meeting her. That's so uh, funny. Magic. RJ City, folks. A legend. Also, did Effie attend the Gay Young Classic? I didn't hear about it until after. It looked fun. I did not. I was fighting Maki Ito and Nick Gage. It was. It was. I felt a little bit big time when uh, I spoke to Lady Berica Andrews about this and said, "I'm sorry, I have spring break at that time, and I have to go fight Nick Gage and Maki Ito." And she's like, "Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you got to go do that." Uh, <laughs> but I did see that. I believe Billy Dixon did quite well. I know Machinita Bump was there was a staple of the Brooklyn drag scene for a while. She's fantastic. They had a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, RJ City was there. A lot of people jumped in there. I know that before, you know, people like uh, Brody King have done it. Uh, it's been a, a wild part of WrestleMania weekend's past. So it was good to see it back, but I was over at spring break. So uh, had to fight, had to fight the fight. But it's cool to have other wrestling events going on. Like I saw Suzuki hosted a karaoke. Pretty crazy. I don't know how he felt about that, but it looked like he had some fun. There's just weird shit going on WrestleMania week. And if you want to do something, there's something going on. You'll find it. Uh, also says, I hope he actually has a voice to record after this weekend, which you do have a voice. I did not as of Saturday, but I prefer that. I prefer showing up limping with blood marks on my head going, listen, it's been hard. Just listen carefully. I don't have a voice. Because then people just do what I say the first time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't have to keep telling you over and over if you think, oh, his voice, we better listen in close. So it actually benefits me. And to be true, true with you, uh, I lost my voice at Disneyland. That's why my voice was gone. Because I was screaming the whole day, riding rides like a child. I did challenge Cardona to do a speed run with me uh, whenever we can coming up next for his vlog, where we speed run an amusement park. We have to hit every major ride, and we have to time it. So... I would like to see that happen. I think the Cardona fans would like to see it happen. But both of us are, we're the we're the ones dragging Allie through the park saying, you can't sit down and eat your turkey leg. We have to go ride rides. I did yeah. eat a turkey leg, though. I missed it. It's so big and smoky and good and juicy, and I was just covered in turkey leg. Mm. Uh, Peter, is your Aries season improving? Hope you had a good weekend. It is. It is improving. Lucy, I'm glad that it's improving. Lucy's going crazy today because she's so excited. I'm back here. I survived. She was worried about my safety. Lucy, you baby. You're a baby, Lucy. She, Lucy, I just need to grab. She's under the table and being a little little bee. I think it's adorable. Um, She does this ritual now because she knows when I set up that you're coming over. Yeah. So she goes and starts to check the door. Oh, she was looking for me? Yeah. What a baby. What a baby. We're about to record the mini-sode as well. If you're on the Patreon, you get the mini-sode, and you get the episodes early, weekendateffies.com. We'll also be doing that giveaway, like I said, of the Effie Major Bendy's WrestleCon figure. Very excited. Uh, But the mini-sode is going to be me admitting something to you, Peter, and I don't want to get into it here. Oh, 
Because I, I stood firmly against this, but now I crossed over and I've got a lot to talk about. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is from Kip. Have either of you watched The Leftovers? Can't recall if you've mentioned it before, but I think you'd both love it. It's one of those emotionally healing and devastating shows. It's one of the most emotionally healing and devastating shows out there. Love you, fellas. Have you seen The Leftovers? I have not. I started one episode and fell asleep, and that's not the fault of The Leftovers. It's the fault of when I started it. But I will Uh, try again. It is the best show with the worst fucking possible title. Okay, good. Because it's so hard to sell people on a show called The Leftovers. Yeah, I get it. But it is genius. Like, genius. genius. I'm into it. it. It's Passover today. When it, we're recording. it is. You know, this is, I was, I grew up in the church, obviously the Christian church, not the Jewish church. But for some reason, when I was younger, we had, they would like celebrate the Passover so that we would understand, you know, what it all meant. Yeah. And I looked up the other day, cause I, I gotta tell you, it's one of the best meals I've ever had. Okay. It was a full Passover. You can get it delivered to your house. You can get a full Passover meal delivered. And I think we should celebrate the Passover. I'm super down. Because there's so many good items to get, and we can get it Uber Eats to us, a full Passover meal. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it comes with instructions, because there were instructions to the meal and why everything is there. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if we have a little Passover meal. Uh Uh-uh. I think it's delicious. That sounds great. Yeah. Horseradish, aplenty. And I'll have to go non-alcoholic on the... Do they do Manischewitz? (laughs) <laughs> I love yeah. it. I used to get that. This wine is in all, all the respect. Time. This is respect. This is, but it, this is. I haven't done it since I was very young, and I feel like it was a crucial part of my childhood yeah. development. Even though I'm not Jewish, I even had a promoter from Israel come up to me in RussellCon Sunday, and he was like, "Do you want to come to Israel?" And I was like, "I mean, maybe." And he was like, "Aren't you Jewish?" And I was like, "I'm not, but like, I'm I'm open to the possibilities if I can go, you know, check things out." You know, my cousin went to Israel as like a mission trip, uh-huh. uh, and my dad referred to it as fun in the vacation. I ain't fun in the vacation. <laughs> I ain't doing it. So, you know, listen, I have a lot of different thoughts about the uh, politics and conflicts over there. I don't think the government should be giving Israel as much money as they are probably, but let's do it. Let me wrestle. Let me do a little dance. I'm up. Can I get the Passover meal? I'm very hungry. Uh, I love it. Shout out I, to all of... They did a fully Jewish uh, WrestleMania show this year. Oh. I'm going to be working for that promoter in uh, April 27th of this month at Second Wrestling, which maybe that's why he thought I was Jewish because I was on that show, but yeah. I wasn't on the WrestleMania... Uh, what did they call it? They had a great name for it, but it was a lot of the Jewish talent showing out, and they did the show to synagogue. Very cool stuff. Uh, it's exciting to see how many opportunities there are for us to show off parts of ourselves that wrestling typically wants us to hide down, you know, whether that be your religious faith or whether that be your background or be your sexuality or whatever it may be. Uh, it's nice to see. And yeah. congrats to Billy Dixon on hosting for the culture for the first time. I think it went exceedingly well. I apologized to him though. I said, I've got to go make this cuck money. He said, baby, I know go make your cuck money. <laughs> you know, I'm not booking you on for the culture. <laughs> go make your cuck money. I was like, I wanted to be there to support. And he was like, go make your cuck money. I went and made my cuck money. It was fine. Uh, okay. This is from Brian. What kind of things do you boys enjoy reading? Any favorite genre authors or books? I love nonfiction stuff. I love anything like that book about salt. Loved that. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. The recent ones that I've been reading about like opium and coffee and what is the other one? I don't know. What's his name? Pollock? Michael Pollock? Michael, Michael Pollock Pollen. writes a lot of really cool books. Pollen? 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 
Are you talking about the the guy? Colin. The like yeah. Food. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Great books. And now he's in, like really into psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Ayahuasca. He's like, don't do ayahuasca. It's so lit. It's but you should only use it for re- for uh, religious purposes. But honestly, guys, pretty wild. <laughs> you know who's weirdly like the best example of ayahuasca changing someone's life? Who? Chelsea Handler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She became very open to the world after that. Uh, I got into this new little Yachty tape because of you. Yeah. Holy shit. Right? Me and Allie were just cruising LA to this little Yachty, and I was like, damn, dog. Acid can really change your whole outlook I on know, everything. I know. It's incredible stuff. <laughs> I can't stop listening I recommend to it. the it's new so little Yachty good. episode. What an episode? Album? Yeah. Do you know what it's called? Um, Let's start here. Let's start here. What a way to title it. Yeah. Yeah, Lil Yachty's yeah. on another level. Uh, if you haven't, he only put out one video from it, but it is devastating. Okay. And beautiful. I like to hear it. Um, I do want to say, too, about Lil Yachty, one thing that we discussed downstairs during the uh, major podcast was how much, if we didn't have to like define our coolness through our jobs, like if we had just like invented something... And then we were billionaires. It's much more fun to pretend to be a rock star than actually being a rock star. Like if you're not, if your household income is not determinant on you sharing when you're finally a rock star and like being a rock star, it, it's much better to be a rock star because then you can really go for broke on it. We all wish we had invented something cool <laughs> and then just did whatever we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It's there fine. was uh, so my ex or one of my exes was a ballroom dance instructor <sighs> and there was a guy who was a student, not one of her students, but was coming to the school that she worked at. Um, and he invented a part that goes in all air conditioning machines. Holy shit. And it's a tiny ass little part, but because he invented it, got the patent on it, he's wow. independently wealthy and basically just funnels all his money into ridiculous ballroom. Like he's so fucking rich, but sucks at dancing yeah. that they literally, and because they do these ballroom dance competitions, which are like a really big deal. And so they invented a new category just so he could for win. him so he could be in it. What a legend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope they don't have oh, to invent categories he, for me. Um, he also is heavily involved in the Arnold Schwarzenegger um, bodybuilding thing that happens every year. These kind of line up. Can yeah. we get him in touch with me? I'll tell him I'm a ballroom dancer, too. <laughs> it's a different kind of ballroom. Could you hear my neck cracks when I just yeah. did them? Yeah. On the, okay, leave those in. Yeah. I think people need to know. That's just a light crack of the day. My goodness. Uh, um, unsurprisingly, I read a lot of occult books and astrology books. Um, but I realized recently that I haven't been reading any fiction and I like kind of need that as a component. And I like, I need to have like something in the fiction yeah. department. I don't know. It just, it makes my life better. Yeah. And it also gives you something to think about that isn't what's around you right now all the yeah. time. Yeah. I'm a speed reader, Peter. Speed reader, Peter. <laughs> uh, like if I am on a flight, like four hour flight, like if I was going Atlanta to LA, like I can probably finish a novel. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm just like chalking through airport stuff and I enjoy some of that. But sometimes I haven't gone to get my library card in Atlanta. Do you know how embarrassing that is? We let's go do it. Let's, let's go do it. Let's go have a library card. I'll go card. do it right now. Yeah. I'm like, I need it so bad. Yeah. I need my library card. And I still this is gonna be the biggest embarrassment. Um I still haven't gotten TSA pre check. Oh. I'm in the airport more than any human I know. 
and I always have two forms of identification. And all I have to do is walk up to the counter and my Amex actually pays me back for it, for getting it. Still haven't done it. Damn. What's wrong with me? Damn. The great foil of self. Yes. I'm doing it tomorrow. I'm doing it when I go to the airport tomorrow. I'm getting there early and knocking it out. Okay. Any more books? Uh, well, right now I'm reading, I'm rereading The Invisibles. Okay. I, I skimmed The Invisibles. Is that, this is comic book? Yeah. 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 It's incredible. Yeah. It made me look at comic books different. Shout out William Goodman, who is one of my friends from middle school forward, who now writes for GQ and Esquire and all these places freelance. Yeah. And he's so cool. And he lives in DC and he's one of the most fashionable people I know and follow. And he's just the coolest dude. Um, he got me onto that in college when I was into it, but I was also doing a lot of drugs. So I don't know what I remember of anything. Time to reread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like watching Finding Nemo for the first time after college. I was like, ah, I didn't know what this film was about. I'd only seen it on Mushrooms, Peter. <laughs> That's so funny. I, th- I have that relationship with Tenet because yeah. I watched it coming off of Acid and it made perfect sense. And then when I went and talked to people about it, they're they like, like, that movie was really movie. confusing. And I was like, what do you mean? I saw mean? it four it times in theaters. It was the only one in theaters. And I was like so ready to get back in the theater. Yeah. I was like, I'll wear a mask. I don't care. Let me see the boy go backwards, <laughs> forwards, all the ways. You ready for uh, the Oppenheimer Barbie double date? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mission Impossible? And Mission Impossible. We're going to talk about that on yeah. the on the mini set. I'm up. so ready for Weekend that. Weekend at Um Oh, I'm also, I took off the 21st. Oh, of that of that month? No, 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 of this month to go to the GCW show. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's I'll go. I'll be at the GCW show. Oh, this is going to be incredible. Come say hey to Peter. Uh, I want you to watch the show, though. Don't hide away. Watch, just take it in. It's going to be a mess. I don't know what I'm doing at this show. It'll be something spectacular. Hell yeah. Trust that. Uh, what is your favorite John Waters movie and why? It's Pink Flamingos. I, there's not a why. I mean, yeah. that's just the one. Yeah. Everything else is sort of like, but that's like, if you're like getting someone in right away, like that's the one you, you know what I realized? What? And this is going to, we're going to tap into this on the mini. So too, I've only seen Pink Flamingos. Yeah, but you've seen Hairspray. No, I haven't seen you haven't Hairspray. Seen, you haven't I've seen the John Waters Hairspray? I've never seen Hairspray. Holy shit. Uh, honestly, the John Waters hairspray with Divine is unbelievable. Okay, unfucking unbelievable. Okay. I'm right now. I'm filling in my gaps. All right, let's see what we've got here. I filled in some gaps this weekend too, and I'm we're gonna talk about the gaps. I'm embarrassed to say it on the main episode. I'm not gonna say it. Um, Hold up, I'm looking this up. We're letting this ride. Okay, Crybaby fucks, ultimately. Johnny Depp wouldn't be Johnny Depp without Crybaby. Okay. 100%. Uh, Female Trouble, uh, it's fine, but I don't think you need to watch the whole thing. Uh, Which one is Desperate Living? I feel like Desperate Living has some good moments, but I don't think I've long formed that either. Wait a second. Is this real? Hold up. I'm confirming a fact real quick. Oh, he was just in it. He was just in Seat of Chucky. John Waters was. He was just in seat of check. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That's what I'm reading here. We are done with questions. Good. Goodbye. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I have something that we're going to end with. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm about to read you a poem written by ChatGPT about gig- Big Gay Brunch Six. Holy shit. Effie the wrestler, fierce and bold, entered the ring with a heart of gold. 
Big Gay Brunch was the event of the year, and Effie was ready to spread cheer. The fans were screaming with delight as Effie strutted with all his might. He threw punches with a rainbow crunch as the crowd chanted, more brunch, more brunch. (laughs) Big Gay Brunch was a celebration divine with drag queens and glitter that really shined. And Effie was there to bring the pride, and he hit his opponents with a rainbow vibe. This is great. With every punch, the crowd erupted, and Effie's spirit could not be corrupted. He had a mission to be who he is, to win the match and spread love's bliss. Wow. In the end, he emerged a winner, and the crowd's cheers could not be thinner. <laughs> Effie, had won the match w- <laughs> Effie had won the match with a punch, and now it was time to enjoy some brunch. <laughs> Here's to Effie, the wrestling queen, whose strength and beauty are so serene. Big Gay Brunch is a celebration so true, and with Effie there, it's a rainbow dream come true. Wow, the robots. I'm actually on their side now. I'm 100% on the side of AI and robots now. This is great. Thank you to ChatGPT for being so aware of my rainbow crunch. You know what I mean? Look at the joy this has brought us. These robots have brought us. Thank you to all the robots out there who are looking out and watching the events. They had to watch them, right? (laughs) Exactly. This is bizarre. 